Thank you for checking out Nuts and Guts Podcast. Today's show might be heavy. This is just a disclaimer. Today's show might be a heavy topic. If you've ever experienced any type of sexual abuse, um, verbal abuse, mental abuse, or if you suffered from a loss or you are still grieving, if that is something that you are currently going through, please listen with caution. Thank you. Yo, welcome back to another edition of the Nuts and Guts Podcast. I'm your host, Black Paco. And uh, yo, it's a, a Money Motivated Monday, another Monday, uh, another week, um, another day to uh, become better people. Um, I have a special guest here today. And on Mondays, we like to motivate each other and encourage each other to, uh, to do better um, as people, treat each other with respect and love. And uh, I have Ebony here. Hi, Ebony. Hey, Paco. <laughs> Do you want to put your whole government out there? Or <laughs> Ebony Keisha. Ebony Keisha. Keisha. Ebony. That's what they call me. Okay. All right. Ke- Ebony Keisha. And uh, I ran into her uh, the other night. I was at happy hour getting my kids some wings. <laughs> That's what I was getting some yeah, pizza. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, um, do you ever tell your kids, like, yo, you, you want wings from the one spot? You know what I'm saying? So you can kind of get out for a little yeah. bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I did. I said, y'all want some pizza yeah. from the place we got it before? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I just sheet up there and grab my wings, have a little cocktail, and, and get my butt back to the house. <laughs> um, so and I'm glad I ran into you. Yes. And as a as a young uh, East Cleveland hustler, you from EC, right? I am. Okay. I am. You went to Shaw High. I did. All right. I did. The end of the, We are ending the show right now. <laughs> no, be a hater. Do not be a hater. <laughs> grand opening, grand closing. We we got to get do out of not, here. Do not be that hater. Do not be that hater. Do you, do you have any cardinal shout outs that you want to shout out? Just everybody from my class in 99. 99, okay. And all the other classes that I know too. So I know uh, Playboy the DJ. Yeah, and you know that's my uh, kid's godfather. I do know that. <laughs> and uh, that is my cousin. Oh, okay. And uh, uh, he's part of DMST Podcast. And, he uh, is. That's, That's actually shout out to them. Over yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Shout out to uh, uh, Brainstorm and Dev and um, Playboy. And that's how I actually met you. Yep. Yeah, okay. uh, through through Playboy. Um, yep. And uh, so anyway, so we sitting at the uh, the neighborhood bar. Uh, shout out to Lady Luck on uh, Naughty Hand. No, I'm just playing. All right, so no. <laughs> so and I always hey, no, shout out and to I them, always see you up there. They uh. Brought a lot of my books and see, I go in there. They cut. They know I don't drink when I, so they be mad because all I get is ginger ale. Seriously, really? they okay. always cuss me out. Like, you're not gonna eat. We're not serving juice today. I'm like, all right, all right. But that day, you saw me. I was actually just going in there to get pizza, and I met my friend. That's like actually a business meeting place for me because it's like everybody I know. They live in that area, so they like. Can we meet here? I'm like, dang, that's how I became familiar with the spot. Okay, oh, well, that's cool. I think they can't. They got some new owners or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. But anyway, so as us Cleveland hustlers, we always know how to make it happen. And so Ebony was in there, and she said, "Look, I'm selling the book, and 
you know, with me, um, a lot of times, you know, like I, I support any and everybody, um, especially if you ask, you know what I mean? A lot of times I don't, I don't just uh, look at somebody's page or, or um, just because you're selling the tea. Like, like uh, I like a ambitious type person. You know what I mean? We all got to know how to ask for what we want. Right, right. You know what I mean? And so you like, hey, I got this book <laughs> and um, I want you to uh, buy a copy, and mm-hmm. which I did. And I'm glad I did. And mm-hmm. why don't you tell the audience about your book? Well, the name of it is called Love Yourself, Date Yourself. It's a personal journal. Um, It's geared towards basically self-development, elevating your life, uh, which is a LLC I have that I kind of geared this journal around um, to help people self-develop, learn more about who you are, take time out to love and do you, you know, Accept who you are. Be your own uniqueness. I mm-hmm. say that a lot. And um, a lot of people hear me say it. Because uh, I went through a lot. And many people know my personal story. Um, and just dealing with the titles. And I learn men go through just as much. Because y'all hold it in a lot more. So doing this um, taught me so much. Excuse me. It taught me a lot. And so every step in this book is steps I took to reflect on my own life to help change those lives. Not to say that I grew a hundred percent, but my mind changed my mindset changed every every time I did this. And I had to go back to this book a few times. Like, oh my God. Uh I may have to skip around to different steps as I continue to grow. But after that, it was just like I needed that. And I started this, to be honest with you, when I was twenty five years old. So um, when I actually wrote the book, I was 31, I want to say, when I wrote this, but I would never put it out. So it took a long time. Here I am finally uh, publishing it. It actually been done for the last two years. I just didn't put it out yet until last year. I went through the process of becoming a published author and it kept kept getting sent back because of this, because of that. Then finally, I was like, I'm going to go a different route. And when I did, here's the outcome. Okay. And it's geared towards teaching people to love who they are, accepting who they are, uh, making the changes necessary to build you, you know, to develop healthier relationships with those around you. And that serenity uh, prayer where it's more so accepting things you can change and changing those things and the things you can't learn and let it go and just figuring out different ways to handle it. For sure. And that's, that's basically. I, I, I the think thing. through life we, uh, uh, you know, we beat ourselves up over stuff that we've been through. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not having money to pay certain bills, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, just because yesterday was, Mm-hmm. fucked up don't mean today gotta be that way exactly yep you know what i mean and um and that's what we talk about here on monday one thing um i wanted to ask you is about um you mentioned personally some um some some stuff that happened to you growing up mm-hmm. are you um gonna ex- ex- um, expound on that in another book 
Because you um, touched on it lightly. Okay. So is, is, is that why you was kind of hesitant on putting on a book? It was about rejection and... and Is the, that the molestation and yeah, stuff uh-huh, like that? Yes. Okay, so I'm also writing a, uh, another book. Um, it's more so my life story, but it's with a twist. I don't want to do your normal uh, bio, if you would. Mm-hmm. I want to do something where, as I'm writing... I'm giving you something to empower you through that writing. I'm not just sharing my story with you, but I'm giving you something to empower you too. So you're not just stuck in reading mm-hmm. like, dang, she had a, you know, no. When you read my story, you gonna understand, hey, yeah, I had a hell of a fucking life. Excuse my French. No, you good. But at the same time, you gonna see that all my trials turned to triumphs. I never got stuck in anything. Everything I've been through I elevated from, I yes. came out of, um, I healed from, where regardless to how I had to do it, I did it. And excuse me. Mm. Yep. I'm gonna take this out. No, keep um, but I did all that just so um I can grow personally, not so much for anybody else, not because of my children. And a lot of us make those changes because we have kids, because of people around us, we want to be better. But in this case, I did it beforehand. I did it because I deserved, I knew, I was like, man, I don't deserve to carry all this. Like, you know, and then people were coming up to me that dealt with a lot. And, and, and I only touched on it lightly because I am writing a book and the things that come along with being, I say this victorious over these things is that lack of uh, respect, self-respect, the rejection that you begin to feel from yourself. So I didn't go deep into that, but I know those are things that I experienced from Mm -hmm. dealing with this stuff. So if I experience, I know somebody else and it may not necessarily be from these things, but rejection is rejection. That feeling of rejection still Hurt, you know, the feeling sure. of lack of confidence, the lack of self-respect and all the hurt and pain from any abuse hurts. For sure. So therefore, I wanted to touch on that in doing this yeah. whole self-help. And, and hurt people hurt people. Definitely. And that, so, it, so that's did, mentioned in here. Did, do um that that you when when you were going through your your pain, did you put anyone else through your pain? Sometimes we take it out on our children. Sometimes you take it out on family members, a significant other, you know. I think I took it out on self. Self? I think most of my pain, I, I party. Okay. Um, I didn't, no one knew what I went through. Let's start there. So I'm going to give you a little bit of the book. It was a secret until I was 30. Okay. No one knew, not my friends, no one in my family. Mm-hmm. No one knew what I encountered growing up. But I had outlets. So because of my outlets, I was able to live a normal, if you would, childhood. Like, I didn't have a lot of issues um, in a sense of that that was displayed unless you actually paid attention to me. You deeply had to pay attention to me. Because I remember as a kid, I wanted to kill myself, right? This, I think I was maybe 12 years old. House full. Wow. My sisters was there. 
and everybody went outside. My mother had said something to me that hurt. And my mother was, she was dealing with her own pain. Was she verbally abusive? She was. And not, not every day? No, yeah, not every day. It was just her. So my mother before, while pregnant with me, my brother, my oldest brother was kidnapped. So my mother still had to deal with that hurt. from, And he's still missing to this day. So she still deals with that. And she never really... Back then, you know, they ain't believe in counseling or doing any, none of that. Yeah. And what goes on at home stays at home type of thing. Right. So my voice wasn't powerful then, you know. So it took a lot for me to even recognize I had a voice yeah. and I could actually use it. But the, the crazy thing so, is not, not to cut you off, but um, a lot of people still don't yeah. don't believe how, how, how therapy can help. Um, I, I speak on here about me going to therapy. Yeah. You know what Therapy I mean? Therapy helps a lot. And, My- and I don't go all the time. Maybe I should. <laughs> but <laughs> I know um, it has helped me talk. And I was just talking to my daughter about therapy last mm-hmm. night. You know what I mean? And how it's helped me. Mm-hmm. We had a long conversation last night about some family things that we just went through. Mm-hmm. Um, not me and her personally, but no, just family. But, mm-hmm. um, and we we I talked to her about therapy and it's very important. But go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm I no no no. Cut you off. And I want to piggyback on that real quick because therapy is important. Um, I'm very transparent about my life. Um, I speak openly about the things because I would never teach you something if I haven't experienced it or seen something that from myself. You know what I'm saying? So when I come at you like. In my mentoring program and Elevate Your Life and through my women's workshops, all that comes from something I've either experienced or I've seen, you know, or know something about. It's not just me coming blindly to you or something I read in a book. It's actually from something I know. So therapy is important. And my daughters are currently in therapy now. And I still, for myself, myself, uh... I have a self checklist. So twice a year I do therapy and that's for me. Cause my therapist always say, you are the therapist. I'm just here. That's I swear. I could get a new therapist. They say the same thing every time for the last 20 years. I think mm-hmm. they all tell me the same thing. Why aren't you counseling people? Why aren't you doing this? Cause this is your thing. I just don't want to do that. But I go twice a year as a self-check. That's part of my mental health check. I go to dump all that garbage that I'm taking in every six months. Hey, I got all this. Even if I'm not in a bad mood or nothing, mm-hmm. it's a required for me to find a therapist. Let me drop this off because I know that I still have residue of some stuff that I never dealt with. And then when you're dealing with new things, new people come in your life, new relationships, whatever the situation may cause, I still got to handle like, it's a lot. Hey, then I'm dealing with people, mental health, people problems, people issues. I'm carrying that. Let me drop that off too. Even though daily I do that process, every six months I make sure I get myself some, uh, I feed myself, if you would. No, no, no. And I, and and I, I think I do the same thing, mm-hmm. you know, because sometimes just life get overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I have a friend. She's been on this platform before, and I want to have her again to talk about some of the personal issues that she's been going through. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I told her she's about to start handling a lot of new business mm-hmm. and and like myself as well. So I'm I'm, I'm dealing with a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like more money is going out than coming in. Yep. <laughs> no, you ain't got to tell me yeah. I'm going through and that. Then when, and then when the money come in, what do you mean? <laughs> like, yep. You got to you got to be able to balance that. Yep. And 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 be maintain. Stable. Yeah, yeah, and maintain. You know, for the next storm that you go through. Yep. And then you, sorry. Um, no, it's all good. And so we have to be able to release that in some type of way. And sometimes mm-hmm. we lash out on our family members mm-hmm. or kids or. And it's, it's a lot, a lot of pressure I'll, as an adult. I'll say this too. Um, I found myself later on in life as my kids got older, beginning to lash out at them. Um, I'm like, dang, that wasn't that serious. I ain't have to take it to that level. Or they'd say, Ma, why you tripping on me? You know, and it'll click in my mind. Y'all right. I ain't have to do all of that. I apologize. One thing about me, I learned to say I'm sorry. I learned to say I'm wrong. And a lot of us as parents, we don't want to do that because we the parent. We Are you listening? No. We got to teach how to be healthy. And we got to admit, we got to hold ourselves just as accountable as we will hold our child and be responsible. Hey, you right. You know, my attitude, I was mad about a whole nother thing. And I let this one situation escalate that we got to this point it's been times um in my household where but my kids try me i got girls and you know them attitudes like hold up let me we about to go toe to toe because you know talk to me like that but it's times where i could easily walk away from those situations um but I escalated it mm-hmm. because they didn't drove me crazy and I'm feeling some type of way about something totally different. And they didn't took me to the left and now they getting a residue from that stuff. So it's like, y'all didn't deserve that. I apologize, you know? Got you. And so a lot of that comes like through my programming. I teach on that because I don't want parents to think that it's okay just because you're a parent to say whatever and do whatever. These still kids, they got to learn. If we're the teachers, they learn it first from our actions more so than our words. Mm-hmm. So for that's sure. a big thing for me. For sure. And like you said, we do have to um, check ourselves. I believe I was talking to one of my family members and uh, and she was just like, hey, like um, you know, just saying how hard it was for her. Mm-hmm. And um, and I was letting her know about, you know, we didn't ask to be here. Right. Um, but we have to make the best out of it. Right. True. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. then even though our parents may have, you know, tried their best, mm-hmm, uh, even though our parents have may have tried their best, <laughs> you so damn sorry. We still, we still have to, uh, (laughs) we still have to, we can't use that as an excuse Mm -hmm. because we may feel like our parents let us down. Yep. When you want to stop making that as your excuse, I tell people all the time, okay, our parents didn't do the best job to do whatever, um, you think may have hurt you, but it's your responsibility after you recognize these things to make the changes. You can't use it as an excuse to stay in the BS or to stay that way. My mother talks to me like this. I'm going to stay like I did. My mother did it. No, it's not okay. My father did. It's still not okay. Yeah. 
you're grown enough to know that it's not okay. For so sure. make the change. Stop being prideful. Check yourself. Yeah. Deal with it. Yeah. And 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 it, and um uh I remember asking my dad, I said, Dad, you know, uh was I made with a condom? <laughs> And he was like watching like the Indians or something like back in the day. And he just like, no. And then he didn't, like, he didn't. It didn't even register. He didn't even like, elaborate. No. Like, dude, like, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm trying to, I'm asking. Like. I'm asking like, yo. So what? you was that kid. Yeah, like, yo, what's going So where did I learn? I learned on the street. Mm-hmm. You know because what I'm saying? I, I learned the hard way. He didn't go in. He ain't teaching. So, so the difference is not like I'm not going to sit up here and say that's how I'm gonna do my kids because my parents did me that way. Right, right. Now right. it's like, hey, let's sit down and talk. How you feeling? Mm-hmm. I get a lot of backlash from my family for allowing my children to have that voice. And don't get me wrong, I have this one child. Ooh, she can. They say she looked like. Mm-hmm. But she the one that tests me the up to the fullest extent. I love her to death. She's a sweetheart, but she she feels in all her life she's been like this. She could say whatever comes to her mind. And she also feels if you want her to do it, you better do it. Because that's the only way she's going to learn it. If you're not doing it, don't ask me. That's how. That's basically what she says without saying it in so many words. And she's been like that forever. But I just lost my train of thought. It's okay. Well, I'll pick it up here. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> and, we gonna, and when you catch up, let me know. Okay. Mm-hmm. So first of all, I want to say I, I appreciate uh, the simplicity of the mm-hmm. book. Like it's like. Me, I'm 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 not this big word guru. And it's and it's not it's like it's like it's straight to the point. Not mm-hmm. saying that I don't like big words, but I mm-hmm. don't like big words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, what I like about the book the most is like anybody can read it. That was my and, goal. and, and get the message. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So where did you get where did you get the courage to to actually Say I'm going to go with it. like was it was it something that you seen online? Was it was it um um pretty much like where did you get the courage to want to make a change and want to address your 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 childhood injuries? Oh, uh, I think that started okay. My foundation is church, and although I'm not there now, um. That was an outlet for me. Church back then is not what church is today for me. Um, We were allowed to be kids then. Mm -hmm. We were youthful. We had activities at the church I attended. Was the choir director gay? No. Oh, okay. (laughs) Not not saying I'm wrong. But I I got you. But no, like we we had basketball. I was a cheerleader at at my church. You know what I'm saying? I cheered. uh, The boys on our street. We stayed, we was on 105. So we was in the hood. All the boys that was in the hood played basketball for our team. So churches was going against different church. They had outlets for us. You know what I'm saying? So we was a cheerleader for that. So I got to do things that we could do in school. You know what I'm saying? But I'm doing it here in church. I also was a cheerleader at school too for a year or so. And um, 
we had like that big sister program and different things. So it was like having all of that, remembering that when I got older, those were outlets because again, remember all of this that I had on me was a secret. Mm-hmm. But having a place to do all this stuff was kind a place away from from it, it. It was a place that I could let go. I didn't remember nothing mm-hmm. that was happening to me. Was it almost like a boys because, and girls club type ordeal? Um, well, yeah, I guess you could kind of say it was almost like that. Uh, except for the fact they drilled, we had to do a lot of Bible study, and then my best friend, I I wouldn't say I technically was a preacher's kid. All of them were all of my friends were pe- preachers kids mm-hmm. or our grandmothers was preachers, you know, or whatever the case may be. So growing up, you know, we typically was the worst ones out of the crew. The kids that parents that wasn't involved were more the gooder, better kids. I say not not gooder. They were good kids compared to us. We we were still in pastor cars. We was doing a lot yeah, of oh, wow. okay. we was wild. <laughs> so it was like, but I was the one in the mix of all of them praying for us. Like, you know what, God, I know we ain't supposed to do this, but if you get us here, I make sure they don't do this. Like I, I was the one keeping us together. Even though they didn't know it, they mm-hmm. knew but they didn't know. Are you still in contact with these individuals or I am. Really oh, I that's am. good. Yep. They're good. um my best friend Actually, her birthday is tomorrow. Okay, cool. Um, we are all still good friends. Keep up with each other. Um, <laughs> I used to, some of the kids that were there then are younger than me, so we used to watch them and things of that nature. But whatever the case was, that was my outlet. So I was able to continue to hide what I was dealing with and have a place to go to release all of that. So when I had to go back to deal with this stuff, because, again, I dealt with this, if you read the story, from the age of five to I was 16 years old. So that's a lot of years. It wasn't a consistent thing, but it was consistent enough, yeah. if that makes sense. You know, I think uh, I think the, the note section of the book is very important, mm-hmm. where you can actually kind of uh, write down. Like you say, write a, write a letter of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. To yourself, mm-hmm. you know, why? Why is that important uh, to you? Because a lot of us carry so much regret, and we forget to say we could forgive you for what you did, you know, but we don't take the time out to say, you know what? I feel bad that I did this, but we don't say I forgive you. Look in the mirror and say, I forgive you for doing that stuff. You know, you was wrong and releasing that hurt that we hurt ourselves. You know what I'm saying? We hurt people, hurt people, and hurt people hurt themselves sometimes. We put ourselves in certain situations that's damaging. And it's important to write a letter of forgiveness to yourself to release all that stuff that you look at yourself as an ugly person or that bad stuff you think is bad that's within you. You can let that go and not hold on to the bullshit, if you would. Mm -hmm. You can actually just release, write that letter, release it. And if you see, it also says cry, release it all, let go of all that stuff that you put inside yourself that ugly truth you gave yourself because you did something wrong, you did something bad or whatever that is. And sometimes things are out of your control that um, it's not your fault. Mm -hmm. Forgive yourself and 
move on. Like, let it go. Don't keep badgering. I'm not a good person. Then you carrying that. You may not necessarily think that all day, all the time, but it shows in relationships from the people you pick far as friends or um, intimate or whatever the situation may cause, how you treat those around you, mm. all that type of stuff plays its part because sure. the people you keep around you is a reflection of who you are sometimes too. If you if you pay attention, the company you keep, they say it all the time. That's how you think of yourself too. So if you sitting here and I'm dealing with this man, this man, that man, and that ain't good. What I'm thinking to myself, I ain't a good person either. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And then if you look, you on the outside looking in, you're like, why she hang with all them? She must be just like them. You know what I'm saying? Because sure. they always say the birds of feather flock okay. together. Although I don't believe that saying to be 100% true, but that's what you get. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. And I think I think this book, um, I think it can help a lot of young women. Seriously. Um, and especially women that um, that possibly has been in, uh, well, or if they are living in uh, a shelter mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, or have some type of mental issues that, that, that mm-hmm. they re- refuse to acknowledge. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think that's important. But look, we're going to talk more about that. We're going to take a small little intermission and we're going to come right back. All right. And we are back. Uh, I don't know if you guys are just clicking or fast forwarded. Yo, this is uh, uh, we are back on this is the Nuts and Guts podcast. I'm your host, Black Paco, and I'm sitting here with Ebony Keisha. Hey, and uh, we are talking about her book. And so, what I was saying before we had a little short break, it was about how I think that um, that this book can help a lot of damaged women um, that may have lost their way. Now, on our break, you were just mentioning how a lot of men has bought or not bought, well, purchased this copy of your mm-hmm. book. And um, I think it's a lot of men in the world that has uh, dealt with um, a lot of hurt and pain, mm-hmm. um, uh, verbal abuse, whether mm-hmm. it was from, uh, from their parents mm-hmm. or whether it was from... Uh, Significant other. Significant other. Because a lot of times, even though, you know, uh, women definitely take the the uh, the head of the abuse mm-hmm. since mm-hmm. the beginning of time. Right, right. You know what I mean? You know, um, but we don't want to leave men out. True. Um, because, you know, men are uh, are verbally abused and sometimes physically abused. True. Um, uh, by uh, a family member or relative or... A close friend to the mm-hmm. family mm-hmm. that just want to take them to go get ice cream. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's a lot of that stuff that go on. And a lot of times men are so macho and so, yep. And so all like, oh, that's gay or that's this or mm-hmm. that's. And a lot of times they are, they are really um, dealing with some, some, some trauma that they went through as a child. I know a guy um, and it's funny you said that because him and I talk often. He doesn't notice and recognize what he's doing, but it's healing to him. And I allow it. But in his 
defense. He feel like, man, I was only such and such years old. And I had a woman. She did this to me. And I was young. And I feel like, I said, so in your mind, you feel that it's okay that at the age of 10, a 30-year-old woman jacked you off. A 30-year-old woman gave you head. A 30-year-old woman wanted something from you. That's okay. Yeah, man, I'm a man. That made me... So that's not okay. I said, and that's your problem. And that's a weight you carry on you. And you can't see it mm. for what it really is because you really feel some type of way about it. But in your mind, you tricked yourself to make it feel like it makes you a man. You macho. I'm, I got a big dude. I got to do this. I can do all this because this grown woman wanted all this. But it hurts you. I said, let's get real. That man started crying within two seconds of me saying just that and I said let's get real I said um I'm not here to try to break you down I just want you to recognize that that ain't okay yeah. I it's mean it's not. like it's like get, get me teary eyed too though because and, for the simple fact that we do um we do look at things like that like that's like the cool thing but in yeah. reality though you know to be to be fair, if we going off of like just biblical or Bible uh, verses or whatever or scriptures, you know that that the the sexual intercourse was made for like a husband and wife or two mm -hmm. people that, that love each other. Yep. As you know, as you get older, as mm -hmm. adults or whatever, mm -hmm. and so when somebody rob you of that, mm -hmm. you know what I mean. Like if you ten and somebody that's thirty or if and you're they 14, take it unwillingly, right? You, you know, didn't know what was going on. Man, that got to hurt. And you can't tell me that you was okay with that. But in your mind, instead of saying, that made me feel some type of way, that made me this, and not to mention, you was taught a man's not supposed to cry. I got to be tough. I got to be this way. You carrying the weight of so much. And this is what I get into with men because not to try to make them get in touch with that a feminine side, but you have feelings. Stop yeah. denying your feelings. Get in touch with your feelings because you are human, whether you like it or not. You can still be macho mm. and all of that stuff, but you have to get in touch with your feelings. You have to understand that you're still human and it's okay to to cry. It's okay to say, I need a hug. It's okay to say, I want to be loved. It's okay to say that wasn't right. She mm. was wrong for doing me like that. She should never hurt me like that. Why did she do it? Oh, my bad. She was okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. Why did she do me like that? It wasn't okay. Why? I'm, 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 I'm feeling some type of way. You know what I'm saying? For and sure. a lot of men have a problem with that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> A lot of me can't do that because the pridefulness, the it makes them feel less of a man and a lot of other issues uh, that was just taught. And in talking with men, they feel comfortable to just lay their crap on me and, and just drop it. And we go through it and they're okay to know that I'm not going to judge you. Mm -hmm. It's okay. And I still look at you as that man that you are. Right. And that's a problem. It don't, it don't make the, you less. Yeah. And, that, and, and a lot of women 
make it a problem for men to open up to because they expect so much from them because of what they were taught and or what they expect, not knowing that these men carry a lot of weight just as well. Yeah. So if you're I'm, I'm so about balance. And so if you're not willing to be balanced with me, yeah. then you're not meant for my, me. my ex, my ex girlfriend used to say, uh, you too emotional. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I used to say, well, you're not emotional enough. Mm-hmm. And then over the course of the years, you figure out why. They're not. Everybody is why they are. Right. Who they are. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's mm-hmm. just like, yo, I've I've been through a lot of shit. Right. I've put myself through, through a lot of through shit. Through a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. And didn't know why. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so um, it's okay, like, for for men and women to just let that crowd like you like you said before like yeah, it's okay like it. yeah people don't understand like letting go of them tears sometimes have you ever just had a good cry and be like damn I needed that like feel good like for sure damn. it's been a while and but feel yeah, better I, de- because I definitely know what you mean when you let go of your tears that's a lot of stress that you just dropped that's a lot of bullshit that you just said I'm releasing I'm letting go mm-hmm. and that's why I say it's okay to cry release that how important is uh, self-discipline very and it's the hardest thing to do sometimes because sometimes you got to be your own accountability part and if you don't have nobody holding your hand and telling you what to do you're gonna slip up mm-hmm. and that's a fact I have done it plenty of times but if you determine to make some changes in your life, you have to discipline yourself. There is no way you're going to move forward and not have some form of discipline in place because all you want to do is repeat the cycle and repeating a cycle is insanity. So what would be the point? You need the discipline because without it, you're not going to make any changes for real. I mean, that's like me saying, I want to, be a millionaire, but yet I'm sitting here spending all the money I get every time I get it because I got it. Instead of disciplining myself to save, half the stuff I'm buying, I really don't need. I just want it. Let me sacrifice a little bit, put some up, put some here, put some there. Let me pay for this, pay for what I need to pay for, but let me put some up to to the side, discipline my money so I can for sure. gain. So- and, it, and a lot of times too, even like... um. I know a lot of people, um, even even like we're like working out. Mm-hmm. Like, oh well, my boy ain't come and get me. Like, no, it's I, an I, ultimately, ultimately, it's up to you. Yep, yep. I, uh, ultimately, and, and I listen. I gotta tell myself that every <laughs> single day because I like to eat good. I drink. I like to turn <laughs> up. You know what I'm saying? So I just be like, yo, man, I need to go to the gym. So I do fifty. Uh, sit-ups a day, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's in me every day to say, you know what? You got to do them 50 sit-ups. I can't hold my daughter responsible to tell me, you ain't do your fit. You know what I'm saying? It's my weight I want to lose. I want to sure. get this weight. Not her body. This is my body. For sure. So, one day I was like, dang, it's your fault that I, I forgot to do my stuff. And they was mm-hmm. like, uh, ma, why we have to remind you? You know you want to lose the weight. So, 
For Why sure. you ain't get up and go and do the 50 sit-ups that you do, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Do you, think, like, right? I mean, do you think that's one of them things like we just kind of eat ourselves? Mm. Oh, man. Just like just depression. Like, like even like with the drinking, do you think that play a part in just us not moving forward? Like we just kind of hide ourselves and twofold for me okay. uh i'll say yes and no um because sometimes drinking can be social you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. a lot of people don't have nothing going on but this they thing they like to go and drink and have fun like for me i like being in the bar scene but i don't really like to drink a lot i like going there i drink occasionally like you won't see me having this at the bar for when sure. I go to the bar, I want to see everybody laugh, kick it. It's social for me. I want to have fun. And they laugh because a lot of people think that I'm drinking. I got ginger ale or some juice in my cup. Now, if I go to a different spot, I might drink here because this is what I do with this crew. But most of the time when I'm at where you see me at, mm. I'm never drinking there. They they know me. They like well. We already you know handle you your want. business. I'm coming in here, and I just want to be around the love because it's a lot of love in there. It's fat. It's feel like family. family. No, no. So I'm socially engaging, talking, having fun, doing whatever I do, and I go home. But, but believe I it do or not, feel. But believe it or not, that's self discipline too, though, because. A lot of times people get in these atmospheres and we feel like we have to partake Mm -hmm. in in the environment. And sometimes, especially if you in these type of atmospheres and you handling business, sometimes your business can be Mm -hmm. warped. And I had to uh, learn that myself in discipline because I was a party. Okay, so let's say this. Before I start doing the work, I party, party, party. All I did was, all I knew was drinking. Before I actually started doing this, I realized I don't care for drinking all like that. I like to drink when I want to drink. Mm-hmm. Not all the time, just occasionally. Like taking this shot, I want to do it. It's not something like, oh, I got to drink. I need to do it. You know? And when I'm going through stuff, I won't drink. I won't do anything that I feel would take my mind from what I'm doing. I want to embrace those feelings. I want to embrace, not discipline myself to this because what's the first thing you do? Like, man, I need a shot. When you dealing with something, oh, yeah, man, sure. I got to go get me a drink. This I used to be that way with cigarettes. Yeah. I'm like, yo, man, oh, let I, me go get. he didn't piss me off. Yep, she didn't piss yep. me off. I'm about to go outside. And, and that's, mm-hmm. and I discipline myself. So we're now, I drink when I want to, not so much because I feel like I got to have this drink because you done took me through all this. I got all this beer. When I'm going through it, I won't have nothing. I won't do anything. It was a time where I was like, back in the day, I'm about to drink. I'm about to get high. I'm about to do it all. Like, let's just party all night. I don't want to go home. I want to kick it because I got all this shit on my mind and I ain't trying to do all this. Fuck this shit. And then got to still deal with the backlash when I sober up. Like, damn, I ain't drink enough because I still got to deal with this. So when I came to that reality, it was like, I don't want to drink when I'm going through something. I want to stay focused. Let me embrace when I'm going through, deal with whatever. And I call it grow through. I don't say go through. Let me grow through this so I could go ahead and deal with whatever emotion this is, deal with whatever problem, fix it, heal from it, and move forward. And that's part of character building yep. that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. And so 
Like, how do you? And it's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. How do you? How do you talk to a young girl or a young lady or a young man at fourteen and fifteen? Or and they say, well, you know, nobody never loved me. Or you know, I, I really, I'm. They, they, they feel hopeless and they feel nowhere to turn. Cause, cause, cause you was that young person at one time that wanted to take your own life. A couple of times, even yeah. in my adulthood, when I first found out I was pregnant with my first child, I, my first thought was to kill both of us. Let me run into this building because mm. the father said some stuff to me that hurt me deeply. That I was like, all because my family didn't give me a chance to let him know that I was pregnant. But it's but it's and, people like that right and, now. So my goal is my first step and 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 having to deal with it personally, then having to deal with it inside my home. My first step was let me love on you. Come here. Let me show you what love feel like. I don't have to do nothing but hug them, embrace them and say I love you. Let me whisper those words in your ear. Let me let you know what I love you sound like. Mm. Because a lot of us don't know what it means when somebody say I love you and genuinely mean it. But when I say it to you, you going to feel it because I'm genuinely saying it from my heart. Then I'm, my actions going to speak. I'm not going to say too much because at this point you heard enough. You want to see so my first thing is, what you want? What you need? What's going on? I need a, let's let's get that. And it may just be, I wanted to buy myself, da, da, da. let's go buy it. You know, I may not have the money, but I, hey, I need some money to get this person. I got resources to do that. So come on, let's go get you this. Well, ain't nobody never did that for me. Why you do this for me? I need a ride to go. I'm going to tell you a story. It was a guy, no lie, kid you not, wanted to get high. That's all he wanted. He want some weed. Nigga, excuse my friend, but that's what I said. <laughs> I said, nigga, let's go get you some weed. No, 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 go ahead. He wanted to really, he like, I'm tired of living like this. I'm like, oh, I don't need this. I'm just going to take my life. Young man, young. Because you can't smoke? That's stupid. So I, instead of me telling him that stupid, but that's what I'm thinking in my mind, I said, I'm going to talk to you like these niggas on the street would. I said, you acting out. Get your shit together. I said, if you just want to get high, nigga, come on, let me go get you some weed so you can get high. He like, what? Through his mind, he wasn't expecting that. That's the first thing I did. Not saying that this is the right decision or, you know, whatever. The right move. But, no, I got you. When I got him that weed, he then started looking at me differently. Like, dang, you care? Like, that made him feel different. So his mind changed. And he like, I just wanted, he's like, I want to tell you, I was just about to kill myself. And he was like, you just made me not want to kill myself no more. I said, why? He said, it ain't even because you brought the weed. It's just you cared enough about me to hear me out. Don't nobody listen to me. Mm. Don't nobody take time out. He said, I ain't really want to get high. I just yeah. want somebody to hear me. Yeah. He said, from this point on, he said, I'm smoke this weed though. But I don't want to smoke no more. Yeah. He's like, is it okay if I come over your house? I said, yeah. Start treating him like he was my son. Feed him. 
hey, you want to go get something to eat? I see them out on the block. Every time all the boys around where, I, where my dad stay at, they pull their pants up when they walk past my house. Hey, let me pull my pants up because I know she's going to say something. I respect her. I love her. She cared enough to love on me. They mm. they make sure my kids say, hey, I seen your kid. When they see something, they come to my household. Like, we seen that your kids was up here fighting. We came to make sure. And anything, they checking on them. Because they was like, you love us. You take care of us. And we respect that. Yeah. And I mean, so, and sometimes that's all. That's, that's and all, that's all they was looking that's, for. That's all people need. And I, I'm going to tell you, even like for me growing up, like I was always like the bad kid. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes a lot of things I said or did was kind of like looked over mm-hmm. and nobody really listened. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And um, I was also, the t- I told you so, like I was mm-hmm. that the smart ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know what you're smart <laughs> yeah, man. yeah, I was that kid too. Like, yeah, I'm smart motherfucker. You know? I love you. I love, I love a person that like insult mm-hmm. my intelligence. Because mm-hmm. the minute that I, I like a person think they got like an edge on yep. me. Yep. I was that kid. No, you no, know. go ahead. You got it. Go ahead. I'm gonna show you though, better. I can tell you. I'm gonna just show you. Yep, yep, yep. So I always been that person. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I I feel home, the little homie. Mm-hmm. He like, man, I just did all that. So I, I just needed somebody to just ask. And guess what though? Real quick, real quick. That's what these kids are doing online. When they jumping in these uh, celebrity comments and mm-hmm. talking crazy, mm-hmm. they just want somebody to hear them. To hear them. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh well, uh, Master P, I just wanted you to respond to me. Yeah. Like I really want. Like it's just, it's a thing. Yep. Nobody's listening to them. And and think that they've been stuck in the house this past year. They had no outlets. They weren't able to do anything. I mean, it, 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 I'm gonna go into my own household. Um, the reason I'm getting started back doing what I'm doing now, I know you, I don't know if you're familiar, but I, my mentoring program, I had took a break from everything. I, I started working in a whole different direction from what I've been doing my entire life. And I just said, you know how they say, fuck them kids. <laughs> I kind of had one of them moments and mm-hmm. I was just like, fuck everything. Like I'm just about to do me. I'm about to live. I'm about to wild out. I don't want to have no responsibility. Um, I'm gonna take a break from this. I'm hurting. I'm in pain. Mm-hmm. I'm tired. I'm, I've been through so much. I put everybody and I'm doing all this, and people want to still treat me. She took all this from me. I went into that moment. I said, "Hold up, let me check myself." You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So. All of last year, thankful to COVID, I was blessed. I, I didn't have to, I didn't have whatever everybody else was going through. It was a blessing for me, but it allowed me to get me together, check me, do me financially. I was able to grow. A lot of things was able to happen for me. So I was like, whoo, coming out of that year before where I was just all over the place because I took a loss that hurt me, cut me in ways that I just did not expect in any form of fashion. It was a financial loss. I lost damn near $7,000. And for me, putting my all into something that I believe in to lose it, um, cut me in, in, in ways and not just to lose it, but to the person that did the hurt to me, it was a family member. Like you, 
did this on my kid's birthday. I can't even give them, a, you know, I'm going here to pay for something. And all my money was wiped clean off my mm -hmm. card. So it was like, I went through something. I didn't even know I was going through it because I was just trying to not go through it that I was still going through it. So sure. once I went through that, I was in that mindset, not saying literally fuck them kids, but I was really like, I'm going to do what I need to do to make sure y'all eat, make sure y'all have the lights and gas. But I ain't care. It's time, it's time I'm for kicking it. I'm kicking yeah. it. I'm doing whatever yeah. I wanted no, to do. And so I took a break. That. I said, she going to be let down. Yeah. But not knowing when I stopped doing my dream, my purpose, and, and, and living my passion, that how bad my kids were affected by that. So that held me accountable. But not only it showed me how they were so dependent on me even at their age, because you think once your kids get a certain age, they can move and do things to to their own extent. Like, I provided y'all with the tools. Here's this book. Now, this book been around. They know about this. They have been had this tool. Here, utilize it. Use it for yourself. But long as I wasn't there making them do it, they weren't doing it. So they started going through their own troubles. I mean, my daughter just went through something, and it it hurt the entire family. So seeing their troubles, it was like a wake up call for me, like mm -hmm. self-check, get you together. And once I start getting back into it and now seeing my whole household, the energy in my entire house just shifted. Yeah. But they you gotta, all you gotta, getting in alignment. You, but you had to prioritize yourself too, though. So yeah. You, see, we have to prioritize ourselves to, to so to we can get. be beneficial to our household, to be, be beneficial to, um, everyone else that we deal with you know what i mean because mm -hmm. a lot of times we go to the to the license bureau when they snap out at you oh uh pick a number get in line like it, it's yeah. just like we don't have we don't we don't take time to our for ourselves right so right. so how do you date yourself for the for the people that's listening and want to know i get this I, question asked all, all the, the time, time. Like, right it's, and I get made fun of a lot for it. So I do something called, um, which I do in workshops now, me time. Um, and people always joke, you got some man with you. You you ain't by yourself. You doing this. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm actually by myself. I, go, I get accused for that too, by the way. I go check myself, get a hotel mm -hmm. for me. Um, this is me doing date, my me time. I'll go get a massage, spa, whatever that looks like for me. That's what I go do. Um, if I can't afford that at that time, I'll take myself out to dinner. I'll go by myself, spend some time. What I'm doing is writing down things that I want to do. So before I do all of that, I take time out that day or the day before to say, what do I want to do? I spend an hour. I give myself an hour. Write down what you want to do. Something you would want to do if I wanted you to take me out or somebody to take me out. What do I want to do? I would want this to happen, that to happen. Let me make it happen. Let me spend that time out to see what it's like to love on me. You know what I'm saying? That way, when this man come, he just adds to what I already have. And I don't have to lean on him so much to give me what I'm looking for because I already got it. Already so got that it. way, when our relationship starts. When he out and doing yeah, his thing. Like you ain't, like, when you coming home, I, what you doing? Yeah, or? Why you ain't here? I need you. You know, I'm not so dependent on. 
You shall be dependent on nobody. Exactly. And that security. Mm -hmm. I have it. You know what I'm saying? If I'm I'm feeling something, that means, okay, listen, I can have a communication with you about something. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So I'm not in that place where I'm like, I want you to take me out. I need a man to come take me out. I could take myself. And I had to learn it. Like, I teach my daughters. I start taking them out. And, and I was like, you know, they like, our daddy should be doing this. Well, your daddy ain't here. Y'all have, your daddy ain't in your lives like that. Come on, let me show you what it's like. Yeah. I take it's, them it's out. It's hard for single parents. It is. I, I make sure y'all don't touch that door. This is how a man should treat you. I open the door, get out the car, let me get you to, you know. And I show them what it's like. Enjoy yourself. Sometimes I make them do individual stuff by themselves because I want them to learn to do something for yourself. Don't always depend on somebody to go with you. Not your friend, not your man, not nobody. Do something you can do by yourself and enjoy it. Like, don't get so dependent on somebody else being there because that's something we do a lot. I'm going to call my friend. We're going to go here and there. And we so waiting for them, like even taking trips. I'm waiting on my friend to come so we could do this. Mm-mm. And then you go on that trip. You can't do everything you want to do. Your friend might not have enough money or they may have more money. want to do everything, but they, you can't do it. So now y'all in a different place where if you go and just do whatever you want to do, Mm-hmm. You doing it? You yeah. know what I'm saying? That's, you just living at your yeah at your what, means. That, that's what that's what I tell people too. I say, hey, you know, when you go out of town, you on everybody else's time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because uh, like a lot of times, even if I go out of town with my friends, I get in the car. If it's a rental car, I'm like, man, make sure the rental car key is out so I can go uh, do go ex uh, Paco Explorer. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And just do. What I want to do, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And um, a lot of times, um, you know, we de- like you said, we depend on our friends to. We wait on them. We say, "Hey, I need," you know, mm-hmm. "Oh, I ain't going no more because su- such and such freaked right, out right, or whatever." Right, no, right. I'm going anyway. Yep, and that's what I try to encourage people to do. Don't always look for, I want you to go with me. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. I can't do this because you ain't go. I got to go. I don't want to go by myself. Get into doing something for yourself, by yourself. You know what I'm saying? And I remember when I first did this, I went to Akron. And I was in the Olive Garden in Akron. And the lady kept asking me, you waiting on somebody? You waiting on somebody? No, man. I keep telling her no. And so the final time she asked, she said, so you're dining alone? Yes. And she said, okay. I said, do people not come? And I said, come here. Let me ask you a question. Do people not come here by themselves or something? She said, I mean, occasionally I'm just not used to it. And she said, you you look nice. You, Why can't I dress up, take myself out, and have a nice dinner by myself? I agree with she that. She said, I mean, you can't. It's just... You look so nice. I thought someone was coming with you. Normally, when people come in here, they grab their food, you know, they eat. I said, Well, I wanted to do this for me. And she said, You inspired me to do something for myself. I said, I like dressing up. That's that's something I love to do. I always have since I was a little girl. So I want to do something I want to do. If I came with friends, I wouldn't dress up. I would have just been casual because they wouldn't dress up. Right. And I try to fit in with where I'm going. And I said, but now I want to be me. So for sure. I want to hang out with me. Ebony, hold that thought. Okay. We'll be right back. 
Are your pipes dripping? Are you leaking? Are you tired of that damp basement smell? Are you tired of being single? And would you like that pipe? Contact Henderson Plumbing in your Cleveland, Ohio area. Plumbing inspections start at $65. Yes, you heard me right. $65. Don't get mad. Please don't procrastinate and prolong a small problem into a big one. No one wants a bow on a new water heater as a surprise for Christmas. Nobody. Email your honest Cleveland native plumber at hendersonplumbing at hotmail.com. Now let's get back to the show. So I know me personally, um, I have a saying, uh, I say I, I refuse to uh, to die in work clothes. Right. I um, like that. I, I, I watched uh, my uncle, my uncles, my aunties, my, mm-hmm. my parents, mm-hmm. family members. I watched, um, I watched people just rot, work mm-hmm. 30 years. Uh, they need a knee after they mm-hmm. retire. Still no money for medicine. Like I've watched it all. And I, I, that's the probably one of the biggest things I learned from my parents. It was just like, no, I'm not doing this. Right. I'm not working um to uh just to to pay bills. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And just mm-hmm. to have a uh nice pickup truck mm-hmm. that I'm paying a thousand dollars a month for right. and a and a thousand dollar mortgage. Right. I'm not right. working for just just for that. Yep. I agree. You know what I mean? And so with that being said, I like to dress mm-hmm. and I like to get clean mm-hmm. and I like to step out. I like to travel. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you may see me at a restaurant or a bar or the strip club or, or wherever else. And I'm fresh to you. death yeah. just just by myself. Platforms. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And just that is just me. Mm-hmm. I like to like I'm buying all these clothes or or, mm-hmm. or we spend this money on clothes that we never wear. Man, who you telling? You know I what I mean? So I what, the story about you and the waitress at um at uh at, at the Olive Garden, like that's important for us to do. Mm-hmm. It's important for us to know who we are. Mm-hmm. Why are you so scared of yourself or scared of being somewhere alone? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I know we're living in the scary times where people are creepy and all this other stuff, yeah. but it's no difference from you living by yourself. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think, uh, like you said, being confident and being secure enough, like you said, to just be able to be by ourselves and go places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And not wait on nobody. Because sometimes you may just have the money for the appetizers. Mm-hmm. And hey, I, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's okay. You know? I'm just going to go because I, I I want to. I only can afford this. And I think if you're going with your friends, they're about to buy a, a lot of stuff. But all you can afford is this. You're going in your mind, you're like, I want to order this, this, because you see them doing it. Mm-hmm. So not that you want to do what they're doing, but it's going to make you want to say, dang. 
I could get you don't, this. You don't, have, like, you don't have to feel yeah, that. That pressure. That pressure or mm-hmm. that guilt of mm-hmm. or whatever. You just get what you could get and go on about your business and not feel no type of way about it. I know when I first started out, <laughs> here's a funny story. Story. I remember uh, going to Applebee's. Applebee's is my favorite restaurant. Everybody all like, Applebee's? Why you love Applebee's? I just love Applebee's. Mm. I really just love the spinach artichoke dip. That's all I love from Applebee's. And that's sangria. Mm-hmm. So I like the sangria, too. I love... I went there one time. I kid you not. My first time doing this, I was working at the casino. And I was living out of Euclid and the rent was high. I ain't had Section 8, none of that stuff. I don't get it. So I was mad. I was like, damn, all I got is $15. So I want this sangria so bad. So I'm looking at the sangria. I'm like, man. I'm like, all right, God, you know my you know my pockets. But so I'm looking like I'm just going to order sangria and go home. That's all I can afford. That's what I really want. I'm not going to get no food. I go home and just fix me something to eat. So I'm sitting there and you could tell like I was feeling some type of way. Like I felt embarrassed kind of sort of because I really just didn't want to order sangria. So I was like, let me sit at the bar. That way it won't look so like crazy. So the lady was like, well, when a room at the bar, I'm like, damn. So I'm going to sit at the table. Like I know I really don't have that much and I need to say something. I need to put gas in my car to get back home. So I was like, in one pay week. So the lady was like, well, I'm going to sit you here. You by yourself? I'm like, yeah. And I'm embarrassed and I'm nervous because, again, I'm used to doing stuff with everybody. I never went and did something by myself. So I sit here. um, This might have been the second time, not the first time. I sit here and she finally uh, come and I said, I just want to order sangria. She's like, no food, no nothing. And so she making me feel even more self-conscious about like not being able to order this. And I'm like, I really don't have it, but I ain't telling her this. I'm like, no, I just want sangria. That's all I came in here for. Like, so I had to trick myself, pump myself up. So this guy, and it's like, it's almost like I felt he read my whole face. He's like, wherever she want to eat, I'll order it for And I was like, now my pride kicking in. No, I'm like, man, you ain't got what do he want? Like, 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 yo, like, yeah, like, yo, I don't, I don't need you to do that. No, I'm cool, like, no. Mm-hmm. So then he was like, no, I, whatever you want. I said, I just want the sangria. That's mm. all I want. So she brought the sangria over. She's like, you sure? I said, well, give me the spinach artichoke dip. That's what I, I love y'all dip, and that's actually what I really wanted to come get both of those items. See, then this is another thing why you do stuff by yourself. You never know what can happen. So in that time, I never paid a bill. Mm-hmm. Not even that guy who offered to pay for whatever I wanted. Somebody else came and said, whatever her bill was, I'll pay for mm-hmm. it. Anonymous. God was in that spinach dip. And I said, <laughs> <laughs> and that was the best spinach dip I had from there too. And I said, man, I'm glad I did this, you know, and I was so scared. And the funny thing is, and I say this to say, like, you will never, I went to the car and cried because 
I sat in the car like, dang, I finally did something by myself. And I was so scared to do this alone because I was always used to a crowd. I'm always in a crowd of three or more. So to do this by myself and that that took a lot of courage for me. That took a lot of a lot for me just to step out and do that. And I was like, it was weird. I'm like, who does this? And I'm young too. So I'm like, mm, like, you know, looking at it and I'm thinking to myself, people gonna laugh. Like I still had the thoughts of what everybody else was gonna think of me versus, and I'm trying to break those habits. So it's a book called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. That's my favorite book. And that's my favorite saying. So I was like, I'm gonna feel this fear and gone and do it anyway. And I walked in there, did all that. And I felt like the God just said, you know what? You did something for you. I'm going to do something for you. That man paid the bill. And I got an extra sangria out of it too. So I had two sangrias and my little spinach dip. Sure. And I was able to go. I cried because that was something I did for myself. I release all that fear. And I think the anxiety of it all kind of just was overwhelming and emotional. So when I got to that car, I was like, and I was like, wow, and it's okay to do that. And I had to tell myself that, but that's something I never share with my friends, never share with anybody. I, that was something personal. It's the first time I'm sharing this story. And when I got to the car and got home, um, I looked at my life differently and it was from that point on, that's when I started doing these things and just was like, I want to make a change in my life. For sure. Like I want to become dependent on me. I want to begin to love me. Like mm -hmm. that took a lot because I had gained this weight. I, I'm looking like this. I got these kids. So I wanted to love me. Like everybody else say they love me. I, I felt the love that I was getting, but I didn't feel it from myself. Like mm -hmm. I didn't, I, I felt like everybody was fake. And it was really like, I felt that way because I didn't believe I love me. For and sure. once I started to love me and do th these things, I started to see who was real, who wasn't real, what real love meant and what it felt like because I'm like, I was so in love with myself all my life. My friends always said I was confident, which I probably was because I carried my personality was that way. But to truly have that desire and that love for self was just like amazing for me. Like I was like, oh, I love the shit out of myself. I'm dope. I'm that. I'm this. I'm that. Nobody can break me down mentally. I had it. So now I'm ready to do anything, mm -hmm. even though I still had to go through whatever I had to go through. And it was a process. I had a different outlet when I went through these things. And then I always reminded myself, I got me. Even if you don't have me, you don't have me. I got me. For sure. And That's I could tell myself I love myself. I could take myself out. I don't have to depend mm -hmm. on nobody else to do that for me. I could do it. Your your story is powerful. And um even even similar situations that I've been through, like you said, like just not having money. Like I remember the first time this is eight, nine, ten years ago. Mm -hmm. I, the first time I, I went to Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. And at this time, I'm literally like bringing home like three, four hundred dollars a week because I have two beautiful children mm -hmm. and I pay a lot of money in child support. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so at this time, I couldn't play <laughs> mm -hmm. like you wanted to. I couldn't play like I wanted to or and I couldn't play 
like all my other homies that I went out there with. Mm-hmm. So I didn't look at it in a in a in a jealousy eye. Mm-hmm. I didn't mm-hmm. look at it as oh these these mm-hmm. niggas are better than me or mm-hmm. no. I never looked at it. That's how I am. I, I never looked, looked at, at things like that. I, I looked at it as motivation. To like, get I there. Need, I need to get my shit together. Yeah, that's how I feel. Like my friends always have me like stop having me. Let me have me. Like let me do let me have you. For I sure. to, and I'd be like, dang, I can't wait. Yeah. Cause I'll tell you, and I and I mean this to this day, the moment that I can give and I know it's coming, it's coming faster than what it would um I I I, I feel it's fast, it's already here type of thing. There are five people that I'ma make sure. That they would never want for anything in life. And I know because every time I went, I don't care, whatever business idea I had, they made sure financially I was able to do something Mm -hmm. that these kids, resource-wise, was available to get. And people that stand like that, but it took me to deal with me. Me to do this work here in this journal. Mm-hmm. Me to lessen myself, humble myself, to learn to love and know myself, to be able to deal with uh, relationships like this, have healthier relationships with friends, to allow these these things to happen when I'm in certain situations that I'm able to accept these things. Because a lot of times, too, that things we do when we in in situations unhealthy, our pride, our anger, jealousy, and a whole bunch more that falls in there blocks us and hinder us from even receiving gifts that people want to give us just because because we so blindsided by all this bullshit we didn't create it mm-hmm. that if we don't take time out to do the work we missing out on a lot and a lot of people don't even realize that that's true thank yeah. you <laughs> thank you for coming on thank, thank you. you thank you for telling your story thank you um i, I want to extend a, a welcome in anytime that you want to come get something off your chest? You be like, hey, Paco, like, hey, <laughs> I got something I need to say. Mm-hmm. You come on this platform. Guess what, Ebony? If you want to start your plat- own platform, I can I can teach you how to do it. You know what I mean? And 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 I used to do this. I don't want to get back into yeah, it. Yeah, no, no, this look, make me nervous. <laughs> no, it's all good, but like, yo, we, I got you. You know what I'm saying? And um, thank you for that, though. Any like it's it's a it's a safe place here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. And um, I appreciate it. Yo, man, uh, tell tell everybody where where they can find the book and where they can find you on social media. Mm-hmm. Well, you can reach me on social media on IG at Mrs. Ebony nine twenty seven. Um, the the picture on there is Elevate Your Life. That's the logo that's on my personal page. And then you can find me on the she.ink page as well. And you can also reach me on, I'll give you my business phone, 216. For anybody that just want to talk, let go, anything, uh, or this, even this buy. This is a worldwide show, you know what I mean? Ebony? So you may want to put the one in front of the 216. 
But okay. go ahead. Uh, no, I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> or even buy the journal. Um, we are. I do have to reorder some. So you looking to get it right away? Just give me a minute. Um, they have to be reprinted. But my number is one two one six four eight two eight eight three nine, and that's uh my personal work number. You will reach me directly. Just if you want to just let anything go, I'm here to listen. I'm here to work through anything. Um, also, Facebook, I forgot my name, Ebony Lakeisha on Facebook. So you can reach me on any one of those platforms. For sure. Thank you. And look, Ebony, I think we got to get you a hotline or something. You know, like, <laughs> we get you a 1 900 number. <laughs> Call Ebony. I actually you used going to have a one eight hundred number for real. I did. I had to cut it off no, because it was listen, like crazy. Listen, listen. If y'all hear any noise, um, my kid, my my beautiful daughter is here. Uh, <laughs> shout out to her. Um, and my bracelet was I, I think I think if she heard any of this conversation, she also needed to hear this conversation because it's very beneficial as um. As uh, as 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 far as a youth and growing up and going through different changes, because mm-hmm. she's going through a lot of changes right now too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And um, even like with uh, yesterday, even though just talking about you know her mom's divorce and mm-hmm. it's just certain things and that it's hard. Yeah, yeah, it's just certain certain things that even though that was so many years ago, but it's certain things that we have to unpack. Mm-hmm. And as kids, if nobody tell you these things, right? Sometimes that kind of stunt your growth and, and and stunt your happiness in in life. You know what I mean? So we have to be very careful of that. So anyway, we better get out of here. I'm Black Paco. It's the Nuts and Guts Podcast. You can email the show at PacoPod at Yahoo.com. If you know anybody want to interest a story, a motivating story that want to come on the platform, cool. And that goes for you too, Ebony. If you know anybody that want to come tell their story. I welcome them here. And uh, yo, follow me to all social sites at Black Paco, B-O-K, B-L-K-P-A-C-O. And that's on Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram. All right. Anything else? I'm done. You good? I'm good. All right. We out of here. Peace. Hey, podcast world. This is Carlos. I'm kicking it with Chris and Carlos. We are black, gay, married, and funny as fuck. Each episode, we start off with a spoken word before diving into today's current events. Our podcast is not politically correct, so hold on to your politically correctness because things tend to get wild. We talk about the caucasity of white people, debate the Section 8, give you the word of the week, listen to Karen's calling the cops, and expose niggatry. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast, and be sure to leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple iTunes.